after an, over a year. And fully vaccinated. Fully vaccinated. Not just chilling in the booth. That's right. Fully vaxxed. One vaxxed Wonder Twins. We're the Wonder Twins who are also now have immunity. <clears throat> well, I mean, to some degree, we're trying to be very careful nonetheless. But in the booth, trying to give you the best sound possible. Right. So, folks, you can tell we're a little giddy because we have been doing this show remotely for a long time. 17 years. <laughs> it feels like it. And we're just so happy to be back in our original recording space and to not have to wear masks because we're both fully vaccinated. And she is maskless Patty Payette. Get your action figure in our critical thinking <laughs> shop. That's right. Tell them where they can get a hold of us if they want to get a hold of the digital world. Oh, wow. So many things. So you could go to Facebook. You could go to Critical Thinking for Everyone. We'd love for you to talk back to us there. And we say when a new show is going to come out there every week. And, you know, just go hit like. Um, Send us messages. Yeah, yeah. Whatever whatever you want to do. Little, little um um laughing emojis you know those are yeah whatever or, or whatever whatever you're feeling at the moment <laughs> so um, that's one that's one and by the way my partner here is brian Barnes. oh yes i am the other part of the team that's right and you can also find us of course if you go to forward radio forwardradio.org is where the schedule is Forward Radio is our radio station. You may, in fact, be listening to the show live on 106.5 FM, WFMPLP, which is Forward Radio, Louisville, Kentucky, and it's broadcast out of the Hayburn building, but not today. Not today. We're in our booth here at the University of Louisville, where Brian and I both work. We do. As we educators. Do. Mm -hmm. And we just moonlight as educators on the radio. Well, we don't even moonlight. Well, yeah, in quotation marks. We volunteer as educators yeah, on the radio. Yeah. Um, and then if you wanted to get some of the old episodes where we're um, applying our craft, you could go to SoundCloud and you would want to just type in critical thinking for everyone and you'll get uh, 140 something back episodes. Yeah, really good something. stuff. Yep. Really yep. good yep. stuff, if I do say so myself. Yeah, we do enjoy them when we go back and listen to them again, although I'm always going, ugh. Look what was sort of problematic here. But oh, overall, I think they're good. They think they're good, yeah. I'm always listening for content. Brian's always listening for the technical feed. <laughs> well, also some, some of the content, because sometimes, I mean, most of the time, we could go deeper. Yes. But it's not always as fun, and we are going to run out of time. Yeah, we've been known to do that. Oh, man. I've seen it happen. 58 minutes, and we still run out of time. Ooh, can you believe we talk about this for yeah, 58 minutes yeah. all the time? Flapping our jaws, talking about critical <laughs> thinking. That which leads me to, mm -hmm. let's just let people know what we're about. What is this show about? Brian, imagine you're going to give an elevator, you know, the whole thing about giving an elevator speech, yeah, right? Yeah. But imagine the elevator's plummeting. No, no, and gotta hurry. You like literally just have to say, the elevator's plummeting, and someone's like, hey, what are you doing in this building anyway? We're recording a show about better thinking for everyone! <laughs> okay, a show about better thinking for everyone. I really like it. I would say we are doing the show to help people learn to think in new and exciting ways to make their everyday lives better. Mm, yeah, I think so. And that's what we mean by for everyone that's what we mean by better thinking. Like, it ought to have some 
some positives for your life, right? It ought to do some. It ought to help some things be better. Exactly. Besides doing well on a test that you, Brian may giving to give to his students. Oh gosh. Right. Those were what's snap. right? What's yeah. the reason for doing this work? Right. It's not just to pass an exam in, a, in Brian's philosophy class. It's mm -hmm. to make your life richer and to make your thinking deeper and and to have fun. We're really here to also have fun. Yeah. And some of the things we do on here is talk about assumptions, um, which are ideas that. Maybe we start with, in some cases, some ideas that we take for granted when we start reasoning. Um, and one of, you know, a couple of those ideas for us that we start with on the show um, include uh, the idea that you can improve your thinking, that any of us could become better thinkers, in fact, than we are now, just with a little practice. Maybe the same way you improve at ping pong or whatever. Just get out there a little mm -hmm. bit and whack it around, and, and there you have maybe you know, some kind of improvement. Of course, who knows how? You maybe want to get a coach or get some guidance or something, and maybe we're maybe we're performing some of that function. So that's that's one part of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But another thing that we're also about, um, you know, in addition to people just sort of improving um, by getting together and trying this stuff, is we want to also be exemplars. We want to say, you know, some you can do some critical thinking like this. Exactly. We're all we're always putting our own selves and lives and thinking out for you all for for better or for worse to, to share and for each other to build upon. And yeah. Yeah. And we so, think that we think that the examples that we're putting out there are useful. Yeah, we hope we hope that you find them useful. Oh, yeah. So those are just a couple of assumptions that we have. I mean, another assumption is that we think that you can listen to the show and listen to our examples and then go back and apply that to your thinking when you're doing your practice. Yeah. So we're starting from this point, and you know, if you want to give us any feedback or if you want to try any of our stuff, then we, we wish you would. That's why we're why we're out here. Yeah, here for you. Yes. So holler at us and um, let us know what you think. Let us know what you think. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Well, this is an interesting thing, right? Because we talk about thinking on the show, but thinking is something that we have to pull in from our hidden mm. um, position. Thinking is not something we're able to see. It's something that's hidden from our sight. And so we have to take it and make it what we call explicit, which means we have to show it. And so we're trying to tell you about some of our thinking here. You might compare our thinking to your thinking when you make your own thinking explicit and then say, oh, no, our thinking doesn't match up. Right. And so that's a, a that's just a little tool you can use because thinking is always hidden. Just like with your car, I mean, if you're going to do something to actively improve the way your car runs, you're going to have to get under the hood. Yeah, you're going to have to decide I'm going to do this, that, or the other thing right. in order to make the car run. Right. Yeah. So, but I was thinking when you said that, it's like going under the hood. This is the show is going under the hood, meaning into your brain and into oh, your yeah. mind and asking you to think about it. Right. right? So right. Instead of being on autopilot, right? Right. Like, right. So, so I know folks are thinking, gosh, this sounds so fun. When are they going to get to it? Well, we're in it. We're in it. We're in it. <laughs> but today's topic, I am, you know, about to say, I'm really what? What do I always say? You're excited about today's yes, topic. I yes, I am. Because I say that every time, but every time I am excited. Well, that's why we keep doing the show. Why we're nerds. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Thinking, yeah, right? that's why you keep coming back. Thanks for that. No, sure. So this article, or this topic, um, is about the difference between wisdom and knowledge. Okay. Yeah. Wisdom, wisdom and knowledge, knowledge. Wisdom and okay? Knowledge. So when I say wisdom and I picture like what comes to your mind, 
some people are going to picture on a mountaintop a guru sitting there yeah. you know wise you yeah. know kind of like sitting cross-legged you know yeah. that's kind of like a, or, or we think of like a like a yoda type figure uh-huh, or a uh-huh. dumbledore someone like that uh-huh, right uh-huh. sure and when we say knowledge you might picture what like a teacher in front of a blackboard Sure. You know, yeah. something like that. Stephen Hawking or something. Stephen Hawking, right, he's yeah. pretty smart. Yeah. It's so really... so what, what got me interested in this topic, so I, I really want us to tease out the ideas in this article as well as our own thinking about the difference between wisdom okay. and knowledge. Okay. So folks, for full disclosure, where I got this idea, where this article's from, I know you know I'm a nerd, so I'm always reading the New York Times. Mm-hmm. You know I am, that's guilty. We and have a physical New York Times. I actually have the paper here. Whoa. Do it again. Do it again. That's pretty, pretty cool. It's yeah. page A23 from Friday's edition. David Brooks, he, he's, a, he's a columnist for the Times. Mm-hmm. And wisdom isn't what you think it is. So, of course, my ears perked up. I saw okay. the headline. Of course, I went immediately went, oh, yeah, David Brooks? You're going <laughs> to tell me about wisdom? Yeah, I have a know, show on critical thinking, You don't David. know wisdom, David Brooks. I was like, let's see what you got to say. But you know what? He has some good things to say. He always has things to say. Yeah. Things to say. I'm not sure if they're good things So let me tell you his premise. See what you think. All right. All right. So he talks about a guy named Maury Schwartz, who's the subject of a book called Tuesdays with Maury. Do you remember that book? I remember. Book? Wasn't it a show? I remember it as a book by Mitch Album, okay. the writer, the journalist. Okay. And get this, my son actually read it in twelfth grade English. Oh, wow. They read that book okay. in twelfth grade okay. English. Okay. No, I, 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 don't, I don't think I remember. Yeah. Tell us about it. So uh, what I know about, it, I have not read it, but what I know about it is that Mitch Album wrote this book after spending Tuesdays with Maury Schwartz and sort of getting to know him and soaking up his wisdom. And that, and this article kind of talks about that. That sort of like turned. Mitch's head around in terms of thinking about um, what life is about and what I should be focused on and how I think about conflict in my life. Like okay. he laid some serious wisdom on him. Okay, okay, so and was the serious was Maury some kind of an important figure or was well, it just get this. random? Maury is a Brandeis sociology professor. Okay, he died in 1995. Okay, so so Mitch was. And my understanding was sort of in the early middle years of his career okay. when he interacted with Maury and then wrote this book about passing on Maury's wisdom. Okay. I don't know exactly how they met. So I, I got can't you. All right, all right. So, so here's what David Brooks has to say. Right. Um, Schwartz was considered for, for a few years, especially because Tuesdays with Maury's was a huge bestseller. Huge. Okay. okay? <laughs> and for a few years, Schwartz was the national epitome of the wise person, the gentle mentor we all long for. Mm. But when you look at Schwartz's piercing insights, well, they're not that special. That's what he says. <laughs> so, for example, he gives right. an example. Here's one. Tell me what you think of this. All right. Here's one of uh, Maury's um, bon mots. Um, Accept what you are able to do and what you're not able to do. Yeah, what sure. What do you think of that? Well. That's some wisdom? Yeah, that's some wisdom. I mean, classical wisdom, I suppose. I mean, that's, um, that's like, uh, what is it, St. Benedict's Prayer? Is that what that is? I don't know. There's this business about asking God to give me the oh the power to change what uh, what I can and, and the wisdom to and the patience to <laughs> something <laughs> and the wisdom to know the difference something like that yeah critical thinking for everyone on Facebook we will look for your corrections there. yes yeah, yeah we'll get flooded with mail that wouldn't, wouldn't that, that be mail? great wouldn't that be great wouldn't that be great to make such a significant error 
that everyone who heard the show went, oh my God, just appalled, grabbing their blackberries. We'll see. We'll see if you guys are real critical thinkers out there. Well, you know, critical thinking, <laughs> as as I uh, discussed with some colleagues the other day, yeah. um, and some of them did not disagree with me, critical thinking does not, does not necessitate action. Yeah, In some cases, that. we might need to refrain from taking action, right? Even though I know what's really, I guess, the, the most accurate whatever, whatever, right? So I might say, oh, well, I see that the boss is stealing. I figured that out with my critical thinking skills, but I'm not going to say anything because the boss will murder me. Literally, literally would murder me. And so I want to avoid that. So if you think that that's a credible concern, then maybe you wouldn't want to say anything, even though you had learned right. that there You've was thought it bad thinking involved. Right. Yeah. So that, that is wisdom right there. Let's use that as an example. Uh, it's, not, it's, not, it's not David Brooks's example. No, it's not <laughs> a good example from you. So, so what, Brian, what I hear you saying is that an example of wisdom is when you become aware of an error in someone's thinking mm. or actions, that wisdom is knowing what to do, what not to do, what to refrain, what to, you know, you know, the other word I think of it as savvy. I, I don't think savvy and wisdom are exactly the same thing, but they're connected. I think savvy is sophistic. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I've noticed, did you guys notice on the show, if you've been listening, Brian, there's a lot of things Brian thinks are sophistic. You know why that is? <laughs> you know why that is? Because you you use those tools when you need to be sophistic? <laughs> or you It's because a lot of things are sophistic. <laughs> That's some wisdom. Boom. 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 Oh wisdom. yeah. Yeah. I would, the wisdom I would drop the mic. <laughs> but this is on a a boom. Probably hurt something. Yeah, don't drop the mic. That would sound yeah. weird. Yeah, maybe, um, maybe I'll, I'll bring the table up. Okay, so that. So so accept what you're able to and what you're not able to do. Here's the thing, people. Wisdom is contextual. Like if I was complaining to you about something and you said to me, you know, Patty, accept what you're able to do and what you're not able to. Mm -hmm. Then I'd be like, oh, Brian, you're right. Thank you. Why am I obsessing about things I can't control? But knowledge is also contextual. It is. It is. You yes. say two plus two is. Four. And then you say subject pr predicate is four. Right. No. <laughs> right. It's no. contextual. Yeah. Right. So. Right. right. But but wisdom. But let me let me just stay on this for a second. So Brooks's point is that Schwartz's genius was the quality of attention he brought to life. So part of bringing what he means by bring the quality of attention is if you and I are having a conversation. I might zero in on, hey, Brian, you know what? I just heard you use that word. Yeah. Why did you use that? Like, I'm I'm paying attention not to just what you're saying, oh, whoa. but I'm looking I'm looking at the subtext. I'm yeah, thinking. But, so hold on a second. So we're having a conversation about right, something. Right. And you listen to something that I said, like, as part of that general conversation. And then you go, hey, why did you use that word? I just yeah. wonder why you use that word. Yeah. I think I think we're bringing up other kinds of behavior here. You mean if I if I call you out on a word? I think a lot of people find that really abrasive. Well, what if it was, 
Hey, Brian, I noticed you use the word manipulate. Is that is that what you feel like is really going on here? Like I'm 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 holding a mirror up to you not to challenge you to say why you're using that. But hey, I hear you using that word or I see that you like, you know, I see your example. I also see how that exact example can be used to challenge me. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think I think it definitely is about context, and I see. Yeah, I see that it doesn't have to be that way. Right. Yeah. yeah right. Good point. Okay. So, Good. so let me finish. He says we all know we're supposed to live in the present and savor the fullness of each passing moment, but Schwartz actually did it, dancing with wild abandon before his diagnosis. And so he talks about he died of ALS in 1995. Oh man, it's very sad. Yeah. So. Um, Schwartz recruited Album to share his quality of attention. He bathed his former student with unconditional positive regard. Okay, so let's let's enumerate this. Unconditional positive regard saw where Album's life was sliding into workaholism to nudged him gently back to what he would value when facing his own death. So is that wisdom? Wisdom is about what you would value when facing your own death. Wisdom is unconditional positive meaning he noticed things going on in his life, and he asked him questions as a way to help him reflect. Again, to hold a mirror up in a way. Not in, in if you as we read the article, I, I don't imagine, and I haven't read the book, so I probably should. But Schwartz isn't saying, "Hey, Mitch, you're workaholism, but he, a workaholic." But instead, he would say things like, "Oh, so you spent your weekend doing that? Okay, what what's going on? Hmm. Okay. Right? Like he would, he would." Ask him questions, pay attention to the answers, kind of probe. And um, in some ways, I think what good mentors do is they see us fully in a way that helps us step back and look at ourselves and whatever we might be grappling with. Mm -hmm. So let me tell you a little more about this. He Mm -hmm. says, when I think of the wise people in my own life, they are like that. It's not the life-altering words of wisdom that drop from their lips. It's the way they receive others. Too often, the public depictions of wisdom involve remote elderly sages who approach with, you approach with trepidation and who give the perfect life-altering advice, Yoda, Dumbledore, Solomon. When a group of influential academics sought to define wisdom, they focused on how much knowledge a wise person had accumulated. Wisdom, they wrote, was an expert knowledge system concerning the fundamental pragmatics of life. But when wisdom has shown up in my life, it's been less a body of knowledge and more a way of interacting, less the dropping of a secret information, more a way of relating that helped me stumble into my own realizations. So I think that, I mean, it can be both things, I guess, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, that's that's interesting. Right. It could be, like, I think of at work when my staff members quote me back to me. Yeah. They'll say things like, we'll be having conversations, we'll be like, I know, I know, every job has dirty diapers. Do they say it with your voice? <laughs> no. Ah. But that's what a mentor told me years ago. Every job has dirty diapers. Like right. the wisdom there is, you know what? Okay. Every job is going to have stuff you don't like. Okay. That you got to do even if you don't like it. Okay. And so that's like a piece of wisdom that helps them go, oh, yeah, okay. I, I get it. I Everybody see. has a job that has stuff they don't like. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I just keep thinking about this idea because we were talking a little while ago about the difference between intelligence and wisdom knowledge and wisdom yes yes yeah and i started thinking about this distinction because i grew up playing dungeons and dragons yes and they have this distinction they have this (laughs) distinction yeah they do it's on every character sheet every character that you make 
you have a separate um, characteristic for intelligence and for wisdom. Really? Yeah, and they're supposed to sort of do different things. Huh. And different character classes do better when they have one characteristic versus another. So, for example, and I have not played Dungeons & Dragons in some time. Let me say this. So, some of this may be outdated with new editions or whatever. Right. But at least... Back in the day. Back in the day, um, wisdom was something that was associated with the priestly characters. Okay. The cleric. Like that yeah. that that like level of character or type of character? type of character because yeah. they like they could use magic um. right but they had this their magic came from a divine or supernatural like 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 a divine so source. they could like channel yeah but they had to have devotion and they had to do oh. prayers and stuff like that when in their like sort of in their yeah. downtime to prepare and they had to be had to have the time to do that thing to recover their ability to do their magical stuff and all of that was perceived that connection the kind of magic i guess and the kind of insights that come out of a connection with a larger reality of uh service was the way that wisdom was characterized mm. and also you could there were certain abilities that you i don't remember any of it now Critical thinking for everyone, feel free. <laughs> certain abilities that your character would have, like they would be better at certain things okay. or avoiding certain kinds of deceptions yeah. or whatever if they had wisdom as opposed to intelligence. Okay. The intelligence side was for like wizards, like non-religious magic users. Okay, so wisdom almost had like a divine aspect. Yeah. Or, and, and then... And also the service component, because if you were a, a cleric or a, yeah. or a priest, of that particular deity you had to act like it or else okay. you would lose those abilities okay right but with a magic user with like a wizard you just learn the stuff and then you can manipulate the forces so, okay so this is interesting it's so, weird as a, I so, bet, I so about it. the intelligence <laughs> though think about that yeah knowledge without wisdom is just like sophistry right it's like just, it's just right? raw power just like, using the right tool. <laughs> i know how to manipulate my environment oh yeah i know how to throw in fireballs but who right? knows if you should right exactly the, without yeah. that moral element right, right? Because, because definitely like you could follow like harmful deities in the game or whatever like right. you could be you could be a negative priest right. type character so in that way wherever your devotion was aligned that's Kind of a way your powers would manifest you'd have to use them in that way to keep them right just what you're suggesting but with the magic users as long as you use the type of magic like the wizards right. as long as you use that type of magic and it didn't completely do, do what do it, yeah, yeah yeah so so it strikes me then then an element of the difference between wisdom and knowledge we is... are pulling this difference from dungeons and dragons <laughs> by the way let me just say gary gygax good job <laughs> on your critical thinking creation Oh, that is so funny. Well, that there's a moral, right? There's a sense of uh, moral or a sense of, the, again, how do I use, right? How do I wield, quote unquote, the knowledge and the power and the intelligence that I have, right? That I'm, that, that there's, a, there's a level of um, thoughtfulness about that. And actually, Brooks talks about that. Mm. He says, wisdom is different from knowledge. And he says, um, you can be knowledgeable with another person's knowledge, but you can't be wise with another person's wisdom. Wisdom has an embodied moral element. 
Out of your own moments of suffering comes a compassionate regard for the frailty of others. Oh, see. <laughs> oh. Oh. You know, a few years ago, Arthur Brooks made this lovely shift into compassion. And I got to yeah. say, it's not nearly as uh, persuasive as when he was just a big jerk. Really? Just my impression. I don't, I, you know, he mentions Aristotle in here on this, and I, I was thinking about the Aristotle on this, and I just, the problem is that, the problem is I very much conceive, I could be totally wrong, of course, but I very much conceive of this on a spectrum. Conceive of what on a spectrum? Wisdom and okay. intellect. Okay. So people right. are more or less. And it's always contextual. So I might be really, really knowledgeable and really wise when it comes in the, the terms we're talking about yeah. right now, when it comes to like driving right, or something. But when it comes to eating, I might be neither. Right. So we couldn't say that it was a characteristic that I always have. It would be. And the thing is, if we talk about wisdom with regard to food. I'm not sure that has a moral component for others in the way that wisdom a la Brooks is suggesting. I just don't think if we're going to say that I can have wisdom about choices that really are just for my own daily whatever, mm -hmm. that can, of course, bleed over into others. But a lot of times it's just me. Well, I think, yeah, you're right. I think you're right. But I also think... That, think about it this way. You have taught people how to do composting. Sure. Okay? Okay. Right? Okay. They can read a brochure sure. and get knowledge about how to do it. Sure. But what they can get from you yep. is wisdom and about... Dirty. And they get dirty. They can get <laughs> wisdom about the nuances, about... I, I think that's still knowledge. I don't think... I, I think I, it's transdisciplinary, okay. maybe. Okay, here's another way to think about it. Okay. Sometimes I say to faculty, I say, okay, so why should a student come to your class if they can just buy the textbook yeah. and read it and right. get knowledge? What you are laying on them in the classroom, presumably, is what to do with this information, how to think through it, how sure. to apply it. So that's wisdom, well, right? Some of it is, but some of it's just insight. No, so some of it's straight application. Well, I know. I would consider insight, insight part of wisdom. But oh, so, really? you know, I'm using big buckets here. I'm using big I'm still big stuck buckets. in D&D, &D, so have your buckets. I'm using a mace. So wisdom, when let's use you as an example. So oh, when no. you're teaching mm -hmm. me or anyone else about composting okay. that you've been doing for years yeah. in all these different contexts, in all this different weather, yeah. in all these different types, yeah. right? Yeah. You have a collective amount of experience that yep. adds up to a kind of wisdom yep. that somebody just going, okay, step one, I do this, step two, they, they don't have any of that. So That's true, but I'm also skeptical that we're using the word wisdom since we're, we're really bringing up a, a, a very broad Yes. array of ways of looking at it. I'm skeptical that we're, we're actually, we've actually gotten to a place where that is what it is. I'm not sure we're actually using the word wisdom in a way that can't be interchanged with knowledge or intelligence in at some level. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I bet 
that you would say that emotional intelligence is a kind of wisdom. Yes. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Somebody just somebody just drove off the road with that. Please be careful out there. I know if you're experiencing the dissonance I am right now with these words colliding. Um, just <laughs> okay. Well, you just take a breath. You and we're guys... gonna wait. Patty's gonna Patty's gonna hook us up. <laughs> Go ahead, Patty. You guys can t buckle up because you guys can tell who is the like conceptual wild thinker and who <laughs> who is Mr. <laughs> Professor. Wild thing. <laughs> Wild think you do persuade me. <laughs> but I don't know for sure. Oh man. Okay. We're gonna All work right. on that. I wanna shift here because I wanted to I wanna shift here. Okay. Shift. The word shift. Is that what I the wild shift. think does when it yeah. hits a wall? It just goes, ah, you know what? That wall is not the right direction. I'm trying us. another tack. Okay, well. Okay. That's what wisdom. I what I, thank you. Oh. What I think Brooks one oh, of the yeah. most compelling arguments I think he makes is when wisdom is as he said like when you are interacting with someone and there's a quality of attention they give to you. Okay. And so let, let I want to shift to that because I think you have have mentors in your life who have been sure. very wise and I think of Larry, your dad. I think of Patty Pitt. Okay. <laughs> We don't have to talk about her. <laughs> I think of your dad and oh, yeah, other no, people great, who yeah. have, you know, been very wise and giving Larry you, is pretty wise. giving you a lot of insight into your. It own makes you life. wonder too, like how do people get wise? Yes. Okay. Let's let's yeah. read this part. Okay. I'm, of course, I'm that too. of course. Let me just say before you start that one way you can what? become wise is to become a wise guy, which means that you are within the inner circles of organized crime. Now we don't have any real insight there, but I do think that would different use of the word wise, wise guy. Like the yeah. complexities just start to yeah, pile up. I know. Okay? Yeah. So here's what he says: Wise people don't tell us what to do. They start by witnessing our stories. They take the anecdotes, rationalizations, and episodes we tell and see us in a noble struggle. Mm. They see our narrative both from the inside as we experience them and from the outside as we can't. Mm. They see the ways we're navigating the dialectics of life, intimacy versus independence, control versus uncertainty, and understand that our current self is just where we are right now, part mm. of a long continuum of growth. I love that. Yeah, that's really, that, that's really, gosh, he's a good writer. Yeah, he is. Yeah. And, and I think of people in my life or junctures in my life where somebody said something to me, a friend, a mentor, a parent, a a stranger, you know, whatever, and like could really help me grapple with whatever I was grappling at that moment. Because yeah. again, they were both out, they could see it inside, but yeah. they were also had a leg outside of it. So they could see it and feed to me some information or wisdom, so to speak, that I couldn't get a hold of, you know, myself. Yeah, yeah but okay, so, so do we say then that wisdom is uh, synonymous with experience? No, but you need it. You need experience for that wisdom, don't you? Is that is it like, is I, it a necessary component? Um, no, because I think I think of someone who didn't have kids who gave me really good advice when my kids were little. Yeah, but they had to have something to generate that advice. Yeah, they? so like I mean, maybe experience. The experience of studying or researching or right thinking or, about it deeply. Or, yeah, so I think I don't know. Is it? Oh, yeah, experience in the sense that often these came from somebody who had 
a depth of experience or something in life that they could draw upon to help me, yeah. right? So in that sense, sure, yes, they have some experience, even if it was in a different situation where they could transfer the lesson from that right. situation. Yeah, transfer is super important, yeah. as we've talked about before. Um, well, and that's, but that makes me think, right? So so when we talk about experience, when I'm, I, I'm thinking about like the martial arts context, we often talk about having seniors and juniors in the martial arts school. Right. And it doesn't matter how good I am. I will always be a person's junior if they started before me and they don't stop training. Okay, so you're automatically a junior to whoever's been doing this longer. Yeah, automatically. Again, there's some exceptions, like if someone stops training for a significant period of time and you gain more time doing this than them and, and have more insight, then, then often that will switch because of that. But barring that particular instance, of one of the older person or the more experienced person stopping training, you always keep that seniority, right? No matter what, you always keep that relationship. And sometimes it's assumed, wrongly and rightly, it's assumed that someone has more insight merely because they've been doing it yeah. longer. Yeah. Just that's enough. Like that, whatever, like here, Go over there and work with this person, just be, not because they have a particular thing to show you, but just what they're going to show you is a product of their experience. Might not be exactly the right thing, but it's going to give you some insights. Their insights right. will give you insights. Right. So, yeah. So, um, I think that's really interesting because when we, someone is, when we are like, being seen by someone, like our situation is being seen, mm -hmm. that part of it is the quality of attention they bring, but part of it is them being able to draw upon their own truths to convey a truth to us. Can I give you an example from your own life that you talked about? Oh, my Lord. You talked about this a long time ago, but it really stayed with me. I feel it's seen. A, it's, about, <laughs> it's about Larry. Okay. I hope you Larry were, feels seen. Remember when you were getting ready to go to boot camp? And you were and you were feel having all the feels whatever about sure, it. And sure. Larry said something to you. See if I remember this right. Like, lots there's lots of idiots who can get through boot camp. Like or lots, something. Lots like that. of stupid people have finished this. Okay, yeah. good. Thank you. They've already done this. Right. And so you said I thought about that so many times when I was at boot camp struggling or thinking how am I going to get through this or what am I you know what do I so you sort of drew upon this wisdom that lots of people have done this and come sure. before me, Sure, I can do this. Oh yeah, and I've I done that do a lot this. since then because that worked then. Yeah. And then as I went through the military and with other jobs, there were a lot of times when I really didn't know what I was doing. And I remember you said before that, you know, a lot of your advice in this area is fake it till you make it. My mom, right. My right, mom gave right. me that. Thank you, mom. But I, for me, I didn't really think about it that way. What I thought about it was, the way I thought about it was, okay, I can figure this out. And how can I figure this out? Because I know who had this job before me. And oh my goodness, what a poor thinker, that person. What I mean, that person did not display good thinking about this job. Right. But across the street, there's someone else who doesn't have any real training in this, 
who did figure it out. And down the street, there's somebody else. And all over the place, there are people who have come into this job, and some of them have done well, and some of them have done poorly, and it's really a function of thinking. This is not a job where you have to have a specialized degree. You just have to have the skills, uh -huh. and they're intellectual. And so, you know, everything from, like, you know, grocery, you know, buyer. What was what? Here, take this and go order stuff. What? So I don't know what, you know, it's like a little more training, a little more, a little more training would be better. But you go, well, gee, you know, how's this supposed to go? And you take the information that's there and you start and working you on it. And you figure it out. And you figure it out. You make a ton of mistakes. And then people are like, well, that wasn't quite the right way to think about it. It's like, oh, you could have told me up front, right? But these things, I mean, you just over time. Yes. We figure so many things out. Yes. And yeah. so what I really loved that Larry said that to you was that it's a good reminder when we ever we feel out of our depth and we look around and go, wow, all these other people in the world have figured this out and been more or less successful. I think of like, well, I remember being intimidated when it came time to learn to drive. I remember mm -hmm. telling myself, there's millions of people who are out there driving. Yeah. I can figure this out, I right? I was talking to Ian about it just the other day and I, and I told him exactly the same thing, Yeah. right? Because I mean, I said, look, a lot of people who are driving, they're not great thinkers in any area right but they're able to drive like they're, they're and some people have really bad luck but a lot of people who just really aren't setting the world on fire in any area are still able to figure out this driving thing go take their test and get on and so i feel like since he is a person who is thinking a lot about things and is improving as a thinker i think that he's probably not at the bottom of the barrel. And I hope that our listeners, I hope all of us feel like we're not at the bottom of the barrel, that there are always examples out there of people who maybe aren't doing great thinking, but have still been able to get through. And if we think, gosh, I can see where they could have improved, maybe that means that we could do even better thinking that they did and get through exactly the same thing. Exactly. But the thing is, when you're a learner in the middle of the learning curve, it yeah. feels overwhelming. Sure does. Right? We're, all, you, we're, we're all ignorant. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So having somebody outside of it saying, you know what? I see you. I see you struggling in the middle of the learning curve. But let me reassure you with as someone who's been there and is now over here. Right. Right? Right. I don't know if you remember when I was teaching Sean to drive a couple of years ago, mm. the fundamental and powerful concept I told him. Do you remember? Nope. Assume everyone else is an idiot. There you go. Assume everyone else on the road is an idiot. Because I noticed he would, would do things, and at one point he was like, whoa, this person's backing out of the garage, their driveway, but I have the right of way. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> you yes, you technically have the right of way, but you got to pause and make sure they're back, they can see you. Right. Or they back. Assume everybody is an idiot, right? right? That's right. I know that sounds harsh out there, people. I don't really think you're all an idiot. I think we should definitely address this because right now we sound deeply arrogant. And, you know, this is supposed to be for everyone. And we're saying, ah, some people are too stupid to get it right. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is that all of us at some point are ignorant. And some of us, in fact, at, at all of us at some point in our lives, in addition to being ignorant, also don't develop good skills of thinking different systems through, right? Mm. And we all need a little help in this area. We all need guidance, but some of us start to figure out how to think through systems a little bit better than others. <clears throat> some of us get the information we need to no longer be ignorant and then succeed. But the point is a lot of people don't care about their thinking. A lot of people aren't interested in this kind of improvement. People who don't listen to our show, for example, right? I mean, there are a yeah. lot of people out there who could make efforts to improve their thinking in the same way that we go to Planet Fitness or whatever and improve 
um, you know, maybe our physicality or something, but we just sort of choose not to, and we choose to just go forward. Everybody who is caring about their thinking has their, their position to do good thinking. It just takes practice, and everybody can get there if they choose to. And willingness, right, the willingness. we got to choose yeah. to. Yeah. yeah. And since a lot of people don't, we're, we're talking about people who don't care, don't want to work, and, and their thinking suffers as a result. All of us make mistakes. All of us are weak thinkers in some areas. But if we're working on it, we're going to make gains. We're going to get intellectually swole. <laughs> people will say, are you on the intellectual juice? <laughs> I'm sure people ask me that all the time. But I'll say, I'll tell you what, brother. <laughs> no, I don't say that. All right. I love this next passage. Let me read this to you. It says, um, uh, okay, people only change after they felt understood. The really good confidence, the people we go to for wisdom are more like story editors than sages. They take in your story, accept it, but prod you to reconsider it so you can change your relationship to your past and your future. They ask you to clarify what is it you really want or what baggage you left out of your clean tail. They ask you to probe for the deep problem that underlies the convenient surface problem you've come to them with. So I have an example from my own life. Go somebody it. who did this. My Aunt Molly, who I'm very close to, been right. like a second mom to me my whole life. Hi, Aunt Molly. Hi, Aunt Molly. So here I was years ago with a toddler and a baby. My aunt, working full time, a busy husband, trying to juggle all of this. Sure. And I really wanted to have time with my spouse, like have a date night, go out and just have adult conversation and get into clean clothes and have a glass of wine and maybe go to a movie, you know, something, a time, just time together. However, I'll never forget the first time we decided to go out to dinner, a movie and get a babysitter. Guess how much that whole thing cost? That whole night cost the dinner, the movie, plus the babysitter. Two hundred bucks. A hundred. It was like around a hundred dollars. All right. And I remember having sticker shock and thinking, we cannot afford this. Like, we can't afford date nights. And I remember I was telling her about it, and I was feeling overwhelmed. And she said to me, "We had this conversation. I'm sure she said more than this, but the thing that the wisdom that stuck with me is." Um, Date nights are cheaper than marriage counseling. <laughs> and what that helped me see when I was knee deep in child raising was spending this money and going out is an investment in our relationship. It's not just about the, okay, we're going to go out on Friday night, but we're in knee deep in this parenthood with all of these. And this investment is really important because this is, this is the pillar. We're the pillars of this whole thing. And yeah. nurturing and spending time with each other is going to be, it's, it's an investment. It's money in the bank, money in our relationship, investing in our relationship. And, and I really took that to heart. And I, after that, it was interesting. Not that we did that every weekend. Of course, we couldn't afford that. But when it came time to go away to a weekend, to maybe go for, to a wedding or go do something, I was always like, oh, this is totally worth it. This is totally an investment in the two of us. And it was really wisdom that I needed to hear. And it was really helpful. Mm. Of course, now the irony is now that our kids are all grown, what are we doing? We want to stay home <laughs> on Friday night and just chill well, that's together. Okay. Well, we're still together, right? So it doesn't right, matter. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, we're it's still together, but right, it's just right. ironic, you know, that, mm. yeah. So that was a piece of wisdom where it says, 
um, they felt understood, right? That their story editors who really see it and understand what you're doing and can kind of feed back to you or help you think about it in a way that helps you rise above it and see it from a slightly different angle that really gives you insight into your own situation. Can you think of a, an example from your own life where somebody really saw you or gave you really good advice? Oh, I mean, lots and lots of examples, I think. Um, I had one I had one instance once upon a time. I'll give a, a shout out to Bobby Johnson of uh, Bobby J's Club Cafe and uh, Steam and uh, some other great restaurants in town. I very much wanted to be a restaurateur one upon, once upon a time. And really? I, yeah, yeah. When I was um, when I was a younger guy, right? I was in uh, my master's program and all that, and I I worked for Bobby and I worked at other restaurants as a um, as a waiter and as a bartender and as a floor manager. Yeah. Um, and I really liked all of that, and I I spent several years doing that while I was in school. Um, and it took a real toll on me because I wanted to engage in the party lifestyle while I was um, doing that. Doing that, oh yeah. And so I mean, I was getting not a lot of sleep and definitely making a lot of bad decisions in terms of lifestyle and relationships and stuff like that. And um, I would often be at work until you know four or five in the morning, um, and still have to go into school at some point thereafter. Um, and I remember one time Bobby and I were sitting on the stairs uh, inside his restaurant after everyone had gone. Yeah. And uh, and he asked me, I, I was just about to finish my master's. And I was kind of talking about this. I was talking yeah. about, oh, you know, I think I kind of want to get a place and do this thing. Yeah. And he, he was telling me about the kind of the way that the ways that, you know, money worked in the restaurant, like yeah. how you made money. I thought it was really interesting. And uh, he said, you know, when I was your age, I was going in the Navy. And, uh, you know, I learned a lot in the Navy, and then he went and lived in Las Vegas. That's where he learned his craft, and he was a, music, a musician, still right. is. And uh, he said, you know, if I had to do over again, this is probably not true, but at any rate, he told me, if I had to do over again, I'd do what you're doing. You know, I'd go to school, and I'd, I'd get, you know, graduate school right. credentials, and I'd go and, you know, do something like that. I mean, he said, you know, if I was in your position, I would absolutely do that. I wouldn't do this. And I was like, yeah, but, you know, you're, you know, real successful and this looks yeah. like it's a lot of fun and you know, all this other thing. And, and he just, he just said, uh, you know, if you want to do this, you certainly can do this. But he said, you know, you could do this. You could really, he said something that people say about other things. He said, you know, you could really do this, you know, anytime, but right now you're on this other path. And really the smart thing to do would be to pursue that instead of this right and i ended up eventually you know quitting restaurant work and, and going following and doing advice yeah and it really it really made me think about it because there wasn't all people were telling me in graduate school was how much i sucked like everything wasn't you got to improve this and you got to improve this and what you did yesterday was terrible and it's like ah and you know i thought this is a place where i'm people <laughs> seem to appreciate me i want to do more of this and he's like listen 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 because that's, that's not where personal growth is, right? Personal growth is in where you're getting, you know, maybe challenged in meaningful ways. I thought it was challenging to figure out how to get people <laughs> to spend more money on bottles of wine. That was a challenge. It was meaningful. Well, I anyway, love that example. I because, appreciate it, Bobby. Thank you. Yeah. So both of us had, had people when we were younger years in our life who sort of gave us some very, some of their, what dropped some of their wisdom on without telling us what to do, but... Sure. But, but, you know, giving us some, some insight. And I, I just, 
I, and again, you and I are now in middle age and I try to pay it forward by providing and giving some insight to people who, you know, pay it forward, people who are coming up younger, sure. whether it's my sure. kids or whether it's, you know, students who work for me or whatever. Sure. And sure. Um, uh, so, so the, I just want to add a couple more things about what Brooke says. It is this skillful patient process of walking people to their own conclusions that feels like wisdom. Maybe that's why Aristotle called ethics a social practice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The ethicist goes, eh, Oh, I just eh. hate when people throw in one, <clears throat> you know, one sentence of Aristotle and go, ah, oh, well, that's pretty good. I'm so wise. <laughs> that's it. We're done with Aristotle Aristotle now. said it. Hey! So, yeah. 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 Dropping drop Aristotle's mm. name there. I think that, um, I think it's really problematic, uh, but I'm not going to bother with it. Okay. okay. <laughs> I mean, if we want to talk about Aristotle, I'm down. But okay, no, we it. we do love him though, Aristotle. Oh, Lord. Um, so the knowledge that results is personal and contextual. And again, you and I both the examples we gave. It's mm -hmm. a good that's resonates. Mm -hmm. Not a generalization or a maxim that you could put in a book or quote, quotations. But you know, I love quotations. Being seen in this way has a tendency to turn down the pressure, offering you some distance from your situation, offering hope. I love that. I absolutely love that. It says, maybe self-awareness is mostly not inner rumination, but seeing yourself as if you were somebody else. So that the other, again, that other person is holding a mirror up and just giving you something to think about. Well, it strikes me that, you know, a lot of what he's talking about in here, we talk about in critical thinking as intellectual traits. Yeah. Right. So having intellectual empathy, being able to articulate other people's points of view accurately and fairly, um, having intellectual courage, right? The ability to and the interest to go and investigate things that other people try to tell us aren't really worth our time, having intellectual autonomy, um, having right, thinking through things on our own yeah. um, and not meaning that the other not that the other person with wisdom is telling us what to do, but giving us insight that helps us, That's right. you know, organize and sort our feelings, our choices, our decisions, our impulses. Right. right. And all the, and, and the huge amount of information that comes at us such that we can say, well, this information is relevant to the purpose that I'm engaging in right now, or it's not. This information is accurate or it's not. This information answers important questions that I'm pursuing or it doesn't. You know, having some discernment as a function of you know, being able to do intellectual analysis, to pull my thinking into pieces and identify the pieces that are there and say, ah, look, this is the process that I used to analyze the information. That's different from the information. I can distinguish those two things in my mind and right. then I can ask myself, is the information high quality? And then after I finish that investigation, I can ask my, if I think, oh, the information is all high quality, then maybe it's my process that has the bad uh -huh. part in it, right? Or maybe vice versa. But the point is, until we make it explicit and look, until we until we bring those skills to bear, then I'm not sure we're going to be able to know. But this is, you know, this is some of this work. And it's it's hard work, um, but it's it's wonderful to be reminded that there's tools and there's people in all of our lives right. who who can help us with this, right? Right. And so my question to you is this: mm -hmm. So you and I both have young adults who are children who are young adults yeah okay so one of the things i've tried to do with my daughter she's away at college but sometimes you know we were we we text frequently but sometimes she'll she'll 
talk about something or she recently a couple months ago was struggling with her current employer and and i found myself i find myself very selectively sometimes i'll say to her like because here i am 30 years 35 years older than her sure. i'll say you know sometimes in life i've had employers who are like this and sometimes i had them that were that and here's how i thought that through here's how it served me later as a as an employer and a leader yeah I do the you same know what i mean like yep, we yep. try to provide yep. our children with the view in a yep. in a re- meaningful not the like when i was 20 you know blah 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 i'm but sure rather, it sounds like that sometimes sometimes but... but actually i find texting where i can write it mm. and i can craft it mm-hmm. and then have to read the whole thing without <laughs> necessarily tuning me out sure Maybe, I try to be really, yeah, maybe they do. And, and it was interesting. The first time I did that and wrote her a really long text, I waited and heard back from her. And she said, thanks, Mom. And I was like, okay, good. I'm glad that was useful. I'm glad. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sure you know as a parent. Oh, yeah. I've got, I've got that phrase, um, you know, on repeat. <laughs> what I'm phrase? I'm glad that was useful. <laughs> <laughs> happy, happy to be helpful. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing about being a parent of young adults is you're, you're in a different phase than you were when you were, you know, doing the don't cross, look both ways where you cross the road. It's a whole different kind of wisdom, yeah. knowledge and wisdom that you're trying to impart. Yeah, that's right. And I think that, um, you know, we're going to, I mean, nobody's got it all locked up for wow. sure, but I think it's nice when we can look at some of these claims about what wisdom might be or how it might be useful and then we can maybe think about ways to make that happen right ways to break it into pieces ways to you know further articulate how this happens um how i gain or pursue wisdom i guess yeah and or in what what habits or behaviors like critical thinking can i do to invite more of these kinds of conversations in my life to help me deepen my thinking is like and ask people for their perspective mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you yeah. know <clears throat> yeah i mean i think too it makes me it, i will say one thing about aristotle you know his view on this is we have to develop general tools of using our minds well before we could pursue something like how should i treat others or how should i live with others in society these <clears throat> these kind of higher level, um, maybe ethical or social wisdom that we've kind of been talking about with some of this business, right? Aristotle thought before we started thinking about these kinds of complex applications, we really needed to make sure that we already had basic intellectual skills. Mm. And those take practice. And yeah. those are a lot of the critical thinking moves we talk about here, you know, breaking your thinking into pieces and um, assessing questions. It. Yeah, looking at yeah. looking out for barriers to our thinking and fallacious yeah. thinking and it, stuff like that. Aristotle was a pretty smart guy. I think he might be my favorite. Oh man, yeah, but he was such a misogynist and he really? was so elitist and oh, oh man, I mean, jeez, yeah. he's tough. He's tough. But you know, I mean, if you're gonna go, out, if you're gonna um, sort of ally yourself with a philosopher, I mean, on the Aristotle's been a popular one could for... Do, I could do worse, right? I guess so. I mean, he's been so popular <laughs> for so long. 
But that's not why. It's not because he's popular, I swear. Oh, of course not. You're not jumping on the aerosol bandwagon like people have been doing for 2,000 years. Well, that would be hot. You know what? We That's haven't done anything with the ancient philosophers in a long time. Maybe we should revisit something for a future show. Well, we could. You know, I actually had a book I brought in today that we didn't get to. Um, the Meditations of Marcus Aurelius. I love his pithy quotes. Well, he's got lots of quotes, too. I love his Twitter feed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. And you want you ask what's the power of stoic philosophy? Apparently, you can live for do a not couple dis- I just opened the book randomly. Do not disturb thyself by thinking of the whole of thy life. Let not thy thoughts at once embrace all the various troubles which thou mayest expect to befall thee. Oh, I do that all the time. Mm-hmm. But on every occasion, ask thyself, what is there in this which is intolerable and past bearing? Wow, this dude is. We're going to talk about him. Yeah, I think we. I think you know, Roman Empire. Um, Roman Throw away thy books. No longer distract (laughs) thyself. It is not allowed. But as if thou wast now dying, despise the flesh. It is blood and bones and a network, a contexture of nerves, veins, and arteries. Wow, if that doesn't bring people back for the next show, I don't know what will. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe this one will. Through not observing what is in the mind of another man. Has seldom, I don't even know what I'm saying. Okay. Who cares? All Marcus right. Aurelius. I think I prefer the Twitter version. The Twitter version? Than with the pithy quotes. Does okay. he have music in the Twitter version? I don't know. Okay, folks, come back for Marcus Aurelius. I promise we'll make it fun. Well, yeah, we'll make it fun. In the meantime, though, we hope you have a great week and that, you know, you work on your thinking and you think, ah, when can I improve my thinking and what can I do to make better thinking? You know, there are five things you can do to make better thinking. One of them is think. Have you thought of that? <laughs> then there's Read, reading, reading and writing and speaking and listening. If you focus on these things and just think about how can I do them better, those five things, you will absolutely improve your thinking just a little bit. You can do it every day. There are a lot of other techniques in critical thinking and, uh, you know, just give it some good thinking. This stuff's for everyone. Even you.